It's Monday night, and that means a brand new episode of Graphic Policy Radio, the show that mixes comics and politics. This is the show for folks who are uh, well they love their comics and their their politics. Let's let's go straight forward with that one. Uh, we've got a <laughs> awesome show tonight. We've got two. Yeah, I mean, there's really no way of cutting it even more. I got nothing snarky to say or funny to say here. Uh, we've got two awesome guests tonight to uh, talk about some big news that came out uh, last week. Marvel announced that Tony Stark is being replaced as Iron Man with a uh, young African American girl, 15 year old girl. Um, I think the first name's Riri. That's how I pronounce it. Anyone disagree on that one? No, no that's how it's being called, I think. Okay. Okay, good. Well, I mean, sure. If anyone's listening <laughs> to the show, they know I butcher names left and right. So I I wanted to make sure and didn't get a chance to ask before. Uh, so a young uh, 15-year-old African-American girl named Riri Williams. Um, this will all take place in the fall after uh, Civil War II, big event that's going on. Um, it ends. She's already been introduced in the comics, so we're kind of getting to know her a little bit. Um, there's some been good good response to it. There's been some criticism. Uh, this has been kind of a, a, a announcement that's definitely taken all sides. Uh, we've got some guests with us tonight to discuss that. But before I introduce them, I want to introduce my co-host Alana. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I had the uh, opportunity to talk about some of these topics on the sci-fi networks podcast this past week so if folks want to hear me talking to other people um, and i mean obviously <laughs> you guys are my favorite people but like if you want to hear me talking to other people uh you can find me on blaster b-l-a-s-t-r on um, itunes and you actually should go listen to it because then they'll like invite me back which would be cool too there you go <laughs> <Where's the comments? laughs> I like that. Help me. Uh, so we've got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> help you get invited back. We'll just start a Twitter campaign. We'll get some activism going. Yes. Since that's what we were talking about earlier. What we'll be talking about tonight. Um, so we've got two guests. Uh, they both have penned awesome, awesome essays that I'll tweet up uh, once we kind of get going in the conversation. You can check out at graphicpolicy.com. Uh, first is Regine Sawyer. Uh, she, she's the owner-writer at Lock It Down Productions. She's also coordinator and founder of Women in Comics Collective International, something you should absolutely uh, go and check out. And a return guest, uh, Karama, Karama Horn, who, a.k.a. also known as The Blurred Girl, uh, she's freelancing commercial video editor by day and book re- comic book reading, anime watching, TV, live tweeting, K-pop listening, blog writing, Superhero Geek Girl by Night, and she's on a mission to shine a light on both characters and sequential arts of color. Uh, second time on the show. It was a great time having her before. Uh, so thank you both for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me come back. <laughs> I thought the next time I'd be, be, be talking about it. I, I thought the next time I'd be on here, we'd be talking about um, X-Files, but that's okay. I'll come back for that, too. <laughs> yeah, we need oh, to do right. that. I'm still undecided on that, We on, on what I thought of that, but we'll do a whole other show on that one. Yeah. Um, apparently, we also <laughs> talk about Transformers. That's the other thing, Transformers, yeah. the, the new yes. one that we're going to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, to catch people up, I think a great uh, start would be um, where each of you think, you know, what your thoughts are on Marvel's announcement as a whole. Um, so I guess, Regine, we'll, we'll start with you, and then um, Blurred Girl, you can go second. Okay. Well, well it's, so, it's so funny, because when I saw the announcement, I didn't really think much of it. 
Um, I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And um, I, I, I shared it on Facebook and Twitter. And then all of a sudden I saw the hubbub on Twitter. I was like, okay, what's going on? And I saw that people had concerns about, well, one, they were happy. They were happy to see this absolutely fabulous-looking character um, that was a 15-year-old uh, black girl that was in a lead in a, in a comic book. Um, and then I saw the other half that were happy, but they had concerns because it wasn't being written by um, a black woman. So I made a, a few comments here and there, had a few Twitter conversations, and I also talked about the fact that Iron Man actually was drawn by a black woman, um, Aletha E. Martinez, in the early 2000s for a good two and a half years. Um, so after discussing that a little bit, um, I just found it just very just very interesting um, how, like, these, these conversations start as well as um, the concerns that, that people have. Um, black women have worked in the comic industry for a very long time, and there are um, black female writers out there. However, Marvel and DC um, have yet to have one. So I was really excited to write um, a blog post um, for you guys about um, that fact, as well as highlighting the women that are out there um, that are are presently writing comics. Most of them are independent or they're web comics, and they're very su- successful at that. So I really appreciate you guys giving me that chance to highlight those women as well as talk about talking about the change of events in the industry right now. Awesome. Um, and, I, and I was glad to see. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was was glad to see people remember Elisa E. Martinez's work in that context because she's so good. Oh, my gosh. Yes. She's, like, she's so phenomenal. So, I mean, it's so interesting how a lot of people don't know who she is. So when I put her name out there, all of a sudden, you know, I got all these retweets. All of a sudden, people start Googling and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, you need to know who this woman is. You need to see her work. Yeah, I think Alisa is probably one of the most underrated <laughs> artists in in the comic book community. Like, and she's been around for a long time, and people just and she stays working. She keeps her, she just keeps her head down and keeps working, and it's so funny. And she's at all the events and everything. She's always out with people who just don't know who she is. It's just the exactly. most interesting thing. Exactly, um, and she does her own work, and she does mainstream work. But yeah. Yeah, and I bought and I bought both. Her own her own um, work is also phenomenal. She's she's written some amazing stuff too. I think a lot of people just know her as an artist, but she's really yes. a good writer. Yes, she's um, excellent. Yeah, she's an amazing storyline. Um, I okay, it's so funny because I, I was um, going to sit and wait a minute before I wrote about it. But then it was so funny because I had all these people tagging me, like, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? And I'm like, mm, yeah, 140 characters is not going to be enough. <laughs> um, and so, and even a lot of hit me up, like, what do you think? And I'm like, I am key smashing as we speak. <laughs> and I just need to get my initial ideas out. And when I came up with um, my post, which is also now on you guys' site, thank you very much, um, Re-re-roading and re-skinning. That's actually the first thing the title came to mind, but I didn't want it to just be about re-re and roadie. 
um, I wanted to use it as a jumping off point to talk about the problem with this whole all new, all now, all diverse, all everything. <laughs> all you. I'm gonna. I'm mixing up Marvel and DC. Um, and it's not. It's. It, it, and it's. It's a. It speaks to a larger problem. Like I think everybody knows that. Um, before I get into the reboot thing first. Overall, everybody, everybody, you know, from Oscar so white to everything else, everybody knows that diversity is necessary in comics and everywhere else. However, uh, and diversity that they keep tossing around this term diversity, but the rest of us are going to call it reality. Um, the the problem that starts happening from a marketing business perspective is when you start seeing this blatant, like, okay, let's make that one black and that one female and that one gay and that one tall and that one short and that one fat and that one. And it's like, okay, but where's the development of storylines and development of characters? You know, quit going, you know, don't go to the pages of Essence and get a beautiful picture of somebody to, to draw. I'm not saying that that's what the artist did. I'm just saying, don't start, look, oh, good, yeah, dark skin, natural hair, that'll really get them. It's a beautiful image, and I'm sure that the storyline is going to be interesting. But, and I'm not, I don't have anything against, there's a lot of people are going through, like, the artist and, and Bendis' writing or whatever. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. He is a Marvel star. They're going to let him do whatever he wants. He can decide tomorrow that he wants to write about a purple dinosaur. They will write, let him write that book. I, I, and I hope he does it well. I, I think Bendis has you know, everybody's, the, this character's best interest at heart. Um, it's the larger problem for me, and that is the constant, like, in the gaming world, the reskinning of a character to just make it, this, you can put them on the cover so you can sell more. They're seeing how well um, things like Black Panther are doing. Everybody's trying to get on that bandwagon. Um, but it, the reason why I have, I have a problem with Ruby on a bunch of different levels, some of which you can read in the um, in the post. But uh, me and Regina talked about this actually just earlier. Um, Riri Williams, really? So it's Rihanna and Serena Williams, and you're going to just kind of stick their names together? Like, couldn't have been more imaginative about that. Um, and also, if we, if we had to have a character, first we're going to – spoilers for anybody who hasn't read Captain America Civil War – or started to read it, spoiler alert, you might want to cover your ears for this section. Um, but they took out Rhodey. So yeah. you take out, they take out Rhodey, which really wasn't necessary. But if you want to go with this Civil War canon of a black guy needs to die unnecessarily at the beginning, I guess it's canon. It's um, fridging. Like it is literally fridging. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, like, exactly. Yeah. it's fridging for black guys. Um, and I, if everybody wants to basically give this character a purpose, I don't think that they had to rebuild a character in Tony Stark's image. Because um, Lila, who, is, who was Rhodey's niece in canon, who would help her take care of his suit, would have been the likely choice, I'm thinking. He dies and she gets the suit. Because she's been... Okay, but now she's not there anymore, and we have Riri. Okay, I'll go with it for a minute. But I'm not, and like I said, I don't want to criticize the comic that hasn't come out yet. I'm literally just going to criticize the part of the storyline that I've heard so far and the part <clears throat> that has been revealed to us through Invincible, The Invincible Iron Man Volume 2, which is 
15-year-old girl at MIT, you know, genius, build a suit from scrap. Okay, so it's, it's like a baby Tony story, except without the alcoholism and without being an ass, I guess. I, I don't... And well, I without just the wish... parental privilege, like, you know, Tony came yeah. in with, like, you know, all the bases loaded for him to be a home run on everything, and mm-hmm. I don't know. And... But but also think about how his story has developed and changed. He's had cancer. He's had different suits. He's had, but a lot of these characters are not getting that. So it's not my problem is less with Riri, and the and it's just a larger issue of these characters that are sort of thrown in front of us like Goliath was in Superman One, and then just taken away. Because we need somebody to die that needs to be some type of qualifying event for the rest of the story to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Then the whole larger thing, um, the other thing that I wanted to do with the, the post that I did was sort of talk about there's kind of two of everybody now. You know, we got two Spider-Mans, we have two Hulks, we have um, now we're going to have two Iron Mans, we have two Wolverines, and it's sort of like, okay, so we're just going to keep one of these around until, you know, just in case Trump becomes president, and then we'll just kill off all the minorities? Like, what are we doing? Why Why can't we have original storylines, or why can't you, if you don't want to start from complete scratch, go back and get some ones that have already been in your universe that have their own stories, that you can kind of reboot a little bit, but not the same, it seems like Thor, Captain America, it's like basically because the Avengers are so successful, they just keep trying to reboot, repaint, reskin these same people. Um, but I didn't want to put this post out without talking about a larger problem. And I think some of it's been mis- misconstrued, but I think some people think I'm trying to say, like, oh, Riri should have been bl- written by a black woman. No, I'm saying in addition to this diversity issue, I think somebody who is a person of color would, on the inside could have been able, especially a woman, would have been able to speak mm-hmm. to some of these issues from the inside and say, hey, guys, this might be a problem. Um, now, whether or not she'd be Damon's playing down or not, I don't know. But, <laughs> um, And I wanted to point out the fact that the little-known fact is that in Marvel's 76-year history, there has not been one single black female staff writer. Now, um, DC has had one freelance writer, and that's Felicia Henderson, who wrote for Teen Titans and Static Shock. Well, Teen Titans in the 2009 run through most of 2010 and then part of Static Shock for 2011. Um, but it's just and, – and I've had several people push back. It's a comment that is very interesting. I've had several people push back and say, well, shouldn't anybody be allowed to write anybody? I'm like, absolutely. Greg Pak has been allowed to write anybody. But notice how the moment that there was a Korean Hulk, they made sure that everybody knew that he was half Korean. Yeah. So sort of like, that's what I mean by this pandering. I don't think that that is a good thing. I don't think that they should have treated Greg Pak like that because Greg Pak did a great job with Storm. I don't think enough people were reading that comic. But I, it, that spoke to, I think, marketing. That was another problem that was separate. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think it, it's just very strange to me how, like, they were very careful with Kamala Khan, who is Muslim. They were very careful with Amadeus Cho, who is Korean. They were extremely careful with Black Panther to make sure that everybody knew, no, 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 guys, we really mean this. 
We really want diversity. But again, just black women are like, yeah, well, it's okay. We have, yes, we have. Didn't you read about Eve Bakion? Didn't you read about, you know, haven't you seen the, the new version of um, the new Avengers? Haven't you seen? Yes, I've seen. I'm just trying to figure out why is it that you, it's the concept of black female writers is so foreign to everyone. And that leads to the, the last part of the post, which was, I am going to name them for you. Because I keep getting this, I don't want any excuses. Like, well, where are they? If they were any good, we'd see them. Well, have any of them been published? Every single black female writer that I have listed on my post has had a comic book, um, has written for a comic book that has gone to print or has been um, available in digital or as a webcomic. These are all people who on a regular basis, without maybe exception of one or two, on a regular basis for that work. So, um, but you'd be, you'd be surprised how many times people are like, really? Well, are you sure? Well, I haven't heard of them. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, because I have never heard of it, I don't know if it exists. Like, I've never seen this before, so I don't know if it exists. Okay, well, can you see oxygen? Like, it's just, it's just so, I get, I get heated about it because it's sort of like, why is this, Still such a strange, strange question, but I'm going to reiterate again. I do not. I want. I. I. I am a huge fan of indie comics, and I think that's actually where a lot of the interesting stories are right now. In mm-hmm. terms of mainstream, I'm. I and I'm not doing a big shout out saying let's boycott Marvel and DC. No, because there are many people like Alisa, like a Thor, um Richardson, like um, Harry Randolph, um, that are writing on a regular basis. In mainstream, and if we if we boycott, you know, like Tanahashi Coates, like um, Sophie, if we boycott the comics, then they don't get paid either. I don't want that to happen. I just want to know why when I it doesn't have to be either or. I just want to know why when we have a conversation about um, diversity and when I put the term black women in there, why it's like well. There's black guys there. They're not. It's not like they're not being diverse. And there's you know I don't understand why you're complaining. And I don't understand why it has to be an either or. Why can't it be an and? Why can't I have indie and mainstream? Why can't I see comics that look like, with characters that look like me? And look, I don't have a problem. I think um, the Secret War series was great. I love the Bakayana family. I like Luna Lafayette I, I, in terms of Moon Girl and everything. I, I love the fact that Monica's back. I really wish they would stop renaming Monica, but I like the fact that she's back. I I, but I don't understand why it's such a strange request um, to and to have a black female writer. Now, I would I was really hoping that the internet would prove me wrong. I was really hoping that somebody would be like, "Hey, Laura girl, you're wrong. This person wrote last year, and they've went on these three things. Get your story straight." I, I wanted that to happen. Yeah. But it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. And I asked well, I the same question it... yesterday about whether or not there would have been any Latino who had w- written for Marvel or DC, and n- nobody oh, and, had and let's... any. Exactly, and then there's um, also um, you should check out um, a uh, a tribe called Geeks. It's a it's a site um, dedicated to um, Native Americans who are into comics and stuff. Do you oh, think cool. they had one of them? Can you think any of them have been? Well, well, they had they had their one person they trotted out for Red Wolf because that was such a quality comic. 
Yeah, and it was just a cover artist, and like he, nothing else. <laughs> it was I mean, just a cover artist, quote. right? He didn't write the story. Yeah, he was he also an advisor. Yeah, it's and like not quote unquote on it that. Was just, it was just bullshit. I mean, I, I you know I'm yeah. so glad you guys contributed <laughs> these pieces to our sites. You know, my my frustration was that it was like it seemed like it didn't even occur to anybody in the press to ask the vital question of are there black women involved in this at all? And the fact that the press didn't even ask that as if it didn't matter, it was kind of one of the things that drove me up the wall. And that Marvel, I felt like they expected everybody to just be so thankful that they'd just done something for us, quote unquote, us, that we weren't expected to ask any questions about it. Um, or, well, I actually, you know, I, and I don't, yeah. I don't know if, if Regine went through this, but I definitely got a lot of pushback um, from a lot of different people. It was very interesting. I can't say one particular group pushed back. I had basically somebody that hated me in every single group. Um, about <laughs> and it was really, really, really interesting because it was sort of like, look, we're making progress. I don't understand why you have to complain. I'm like, uh, what? How? How is not having a black woman write for a company that's putting characters of color out? How is this progress? Well, we have Black Panther. I'm like, okay, one more time. What? How is this progress? I don't understand. Well, you know, years ago, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're past that. We've gotten past that. We're, we're now in the, in the stage that everybody's acknowledging that diversity, quote, unquote, is necessary. How is this progress? And the other thing that I've also explained is that I am not looking at this to vilify Marvel. I'm trying to bring a light, bring to light a little-known fact. And I'm also uh-huh. trying to say, I think Marvel and DC are actually doing for the behemoths that they are, and let's be realistic, Warner Brothers and Disney, that they're, that they're, they're doing what they can to turn this gigantic ship around and try to make some changes. But it's just like a kid who gets a C on a test or a Z on a test. You tell them, yeah, great, good job. No, you say, all right, not bad, but next time do better. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Do better. We, okay, good good job. Next time do better. And it's Personally, not about putting a black woman on, on, a, on a comic. I, I, don't, I don't want – I wouldn't want to say that a black woman should just write comics with just black people, just like I think Tana has to coast. And, and, and honestly, Brian Seltzer has done art for all kinds of comics. And mm-hmm. other black female artists have done art for all kinds of com- uh, comics at both Marvel and DC. I'm just saying, why in the writing space is this so difficult to do? You know, I, I've wondered why there seem to be more artists of color who get work than writers. And I somehow think that it's because with the art, they're so desperate and for people who can do qual- that quality of work with a turnaround that they like can't hold it, the old boys club against you quite the same way. Um, but you still will see predominantly artists whose style, you know, looks like the work that white men in comics are generally doing in the predominant well, the reason why, hiring. Well, mm-hmm. the reason why that's the case as um, a writer, the, the preliminaries for you to um, get your work uh, seen and done is a little bit more extensive than an artist. An artist can bring in their portfolio. They can submit it. They can take it down to the offices. They can have a meeting with someone, and they can show that work. As a writer, when you're writing comics, you write a comic book script. No one wants to sit there and sit through your script. You have to have a full 
book done mm-hmm. in order exactly. for you to be in order That's for you to be um, considered. Um, so as a as an independent person, if I want if I want my work shown, my comic on my portfolio. That's my portfolio to have a full comic book done, so you can see my writing as well as as well as how it looks paired with the the visual storytelling. So as a so as as a writer, you have to spend that money. You have to hire an artist. You have to find a printer. You you become your own self publisher just to be able to show your work to any any publisher, any mainstream outlet, or independent outlet. So it's a far more extensive process. Than, than artistry. And also within the industry, they tend to, uh, with the main, mainstream companies, they tend to use the same people over and over because they're tried and true. And sometimes, mm-hmm. some, uh, and sometimes it's not just about thinking about race so much. I think it, it does factor in there. I believe it does factor in there, but it's about, well, I know what so-and-so can do, so I'm putting him on. You know, or I'm putting her on, but usually it's him on. You know, so, so it's so it, they don't necessarily want to test the waters with a new a new writer, even if they see the comic book that that you had. If you're not if you're not um, with let's say a, a lesser independent company, or if you if they can't you know if they can't uh, contact someone they know and and hire you, they're not going to do it. Necessarily. And by and by, I mean, lesser, and by lesser known, I think you mean like IDW or Titan or Valiant yes. or something like or M- or Image yes. or something like that. Yeah. And and yes. that's the thing. In order to be able to get in to, to like the big two, you have to have shown it's a chicken and the egg. They can't hire you until mm-hmm. they see what you've done. You can't do anything because they won't hire you. So you're gonna have to somehow and and I'm I'm just proverbial you somehow um, get your stuff. Tie yourself to an artist that's willing to bring you along. A maybe I don't know, Regina, if that's even possible to get into it is, your foot into the door. It is absolutely possible if you have a known artist that that you know that says, "Hey, you know, you're absolutely fabulous." People need to know who you are. I'm letting this company know that you know I think you're great, and let's see what can happen. Yeah, that absolutely, that definitely can 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 take place. Um, it's 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 not totally it's not totally rare, but I I do want to encourage people that even if you don't get hired by by a, a quote unquote lesser independent company, um, when I say lesser, you know as as Karen said, we're talking about like Image, Dark Horse, and and whatnot. Still make your own books. I mean the independent mm-hmm. scene is here, but you can still use it as as a as your portfolio as a tool, because honestly, years ago, your you know your Brian Michael Bendises and you know your C.B. Lebowski's, you know they they had independent books, and that's how Marvel found them. That's mm-hmm. how they were found because of those self-published books. So it's not impossible for you to publish self-publish your own book and for you to be found that way. But you also have to submit it. You have to knock on doors. You have to stomp your feet. You have to market yourself and get your face out there so they know that you exist. They know that you have good work. Well, yeah. I think it's really interesting is that you're going to have to show up. Yeah. What I think is really interesting is that a lot of the artists and writers that you guys have pointed to are, are women who are doing web comics, which is something where you like literally make it yourself and you don't have a publisher blocking you from accessing an audience. Yes. And there's a few. Like basically, um, 
uh, Boom is a publisher that hires people who have done web comics, Oni Press, but even a lot of the other smaller publishers don't. And it's silly because web, the web comics creators are is really ridiculously meritocratic in terms of who rises to the top there. And these are people with built-in massive fan bases. Um, so and, and they can, it, and they can yeah. clearly make a deadline. Yes. Absolutely. They're deadline. They're deadline driven. I wish I could put half the webcomic um, artists and writers I know in the same room with some indie <laughs> artists. So teach them how to get this done on time. But th- but there are some people that are on this list though that have regular that I'm um, not regular. I don't want to say that at all. That's the wrong term. That have put out floppies as well as digital comic books. Regine is one of them. Um, Felicia Henderson that did, like I said, Teen Titans and, and um, mm-hmm. Static Shock and, um, excuse me, the Gibbs Sisters, which have Fashion Forward, but there's another, that's their webcomic. They have another comic that just finished um, kickstarting. It's just there's there, and, of course, we mentioned there's Niobe with her mom, Sternberg. There's Erica Alexander, who's doing a great job on Concrete Park. Oh, my Spike God. Troutman. I Yeah, Con- Con- Concrete Park is enormous. You know, Spike right. Trout and is like one of the one of the best science fiction comics around, and like people need to exactly. be talking about it. In the same breath that they're talking um, about Bitch Planet, and it drives you crazy that people aren't. So like, we can definitely make that become more of a thing. Right. So it's sort of like, and and she she like Regine got fed up and was like, okay, she created Iron Circus comics because there's other mm-hmm. things that she wanted to see. Shay Grayson, Christina Steen Stewart, these are all people that have published stuff. So it's just, yeah. but I, I get, I get what you're saying. How they do ignore web comics, but I put them in there for some of them in for a reason. And then Jewel, what am I saying? Jewel Smith. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, you're totally um, right to put them in. That's the whole point. It's like we need to remind them that these people exist, are creating high quality work. It's out there and in advance. You know, so that's totally right. I, I guess what I'm trying to point to is that there's like a gap in their thinking when they're not realizing that the talent is already there, it's partially because they don't understand how to pay attention to webcomics. And honestly, if they yeah. pay more attention to hiring talent out of webcomics, they would really grow the re- comic readership. And webcomics, because you're not waiting on someone else's permission, like it's just far more meritocratic. I guess, I guess once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what Regine was speaking <laughs> said to me in the past. They're lying. They know where they are because I've seen I've, – Seen, I have seen, and it's, I, I, I've seen webcomic artists and writers get hired most recently. Um, oh, goodness. I can't remember his name. He does, uh, oh, God, he does my black ads. I can't remember. Chill League. Marvel yeah. hired him. And all he was doing, he's got a webcomic, and I don't think he has a finished comic book. But what he That's does great. have is a massive following. What, but what he yeah. has is a massive following. A lot of these people have massive followings. But what it comes down to, and I had this discussion with somebody on Twitter a couple of days ago, and it was very, very frustrating. He wanted me to go through the list and tell him, to basically give him specifically who, you know, who had published. And I said, everybody here should publish. He's like, all right, well, who can draw something like Iron Man? And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not just trying to single this person out. I'm just saying that, like, this argument keeps happening. Oh, they don't exist. They're not there. I can't find them. Really, though? 
Because I've seen, I'm seeing people like trying to get off work early to find a Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like really, <laughs> like this, this, I'm seeing people like lose entire weekends to, to you know mainline as I've done. You know, a comic book movie. I've seen people spend entire weeks. I think about like all the work that gets into all the cons and, and finding all those people. Really, there's nobody that can Google a name or seven, or in this case, well, 50? You know, following that conversation, which I did follow actually on Twitter, I think like the subtext for some of this is like that they only want to hear about art, artists and writers whose work resembles what the mainstream comics. Com- comics are putting out already. So when he looks at a writer or artist like um, who is doing the web comics that have a very different look that doesn't look mm-hmm. like how style at DC or Marvel, he doesn't see that as an opportunity to bring something new in. He just sees it as like, oh, it's not good enough. And by and I mean good enough. Like that's the way they're thinking of it. They think art that's a different look isn't quote good enough. Um, right, but this is the thing. Like, I would, yeah. I would agree with, I would agree with you. And I'm sorry to cut you off. I would agree with you if these were artists, these are writers. Right, right. And that was my, and that was my problem. They're writers. Mm-hmm. So what I don't get is. Yes. Oh, so what, what I don't get, you, you've got, you know, God knows how many conventions that go on every weekend, in major conventions, you know, New York. San Diego, SPX, Cake, like these fantastic conventions that have huge artist alleys, and you have staff whose entire job is to scout for new talent. Why aren't they going up and down artist alleys to go, you know, pick out folks and, and throwing them in for a, uh, you know, an anthology here and there? Like, I, if I was a publisher, I'd be putting out an anthology once, a, you know, once a quarter with new talent to see who stands out and who can do some interesting things. And finding interesting people, like my job on this site is to go find talented people who I want to spotlight and I think are really good and are going to go, others are going to dig the stuff that we find. And I can friggin' do it and I, this isn't my job. Like, you know, I don't get paid for this. I go to cons and I just walk up and down the alleys and what catches my eye. I'm baffled Mm -hmm. we're not seeing more people snatched from conventions. Like, I'm completely baffled. So forget the internet. Yeah, well, it's so funny because they do. They do go down the aisles, and they don't say who they are. They just, you mean, they might talk, right. they might look, they might take pictures or whatever, but they're not there to scout for talent. They're they're looking for 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 work. They're just they're looking for work on your table. They're looking to see what you have. And it sounds a little far fetched, but there are little issues of plagiarism here and there. I'm not blaming anybody. Me and Karen were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, yeah. that 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 those are those are little things that are happening every once in a while. Yeah, there's probably somebody that's like, yeah, your work is really great. Like, here's my card. I mean, a few times there's a there's a really awesome lady named Sylvia over at at Diamond, and every time I see her <laughs> at New York Comic Con, she's being a comic, but she didn't remember me, right? You know, contact me, okay? So there are. There are people that are genuine and that are looking, but I want to say there's a decent amount of time that it's not. And again, I'm not blaming any one company. There could be some there are independent people doing that, but they're they're not being altruistic. And it sounds far stretched, and people can say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but it's true. 
It's true, and uh, and I know for a fact it's true. I'm just going to say that. Well, that's and, and that's why I saw the situation because Regina is worse because I am not an artist. I am like you guys. I'm a blogger, and, you know, I'm constantly looking for stuff. But um, then that's why it, it, it's just not – it's just to me it's just not conceivable that they could – that some of the stuff that's being made and some of, some of the creators that are being found, that they're just not seeing it. And I think it comes to speak to a larger thing, and that is like the movies and everything else. It all comes down to the dollar. And at the end of the day, quote-unquote mainstream, and I'm going to just put it in a, in a, in a I'm going to use a stereotypical box for a minute, but like mainstream is, white male between, let's say, the ages of 18 and 34, okay? They need to make sure that they get that money. Riri, in my world, is probably going to be a one-off. She's going to last a couple rounds, and then she's just going to disappear. Like, I don't know, Echo. She's just going to, because there's not going to be enough people, unless a lot of us buy her, which which is fine. But then, then, and then it's a catch-22, we want to see more comics like this. But if we go out and we buy, buy up all the re-re and she does 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, versions, she, she becomes really, really big and it's one of Marvel's bestsellers. When we say, why won't you hire black women? They're like, why? We've got, we've got white guys for that. <laughs> so it's a test 22 of like, you, you want to support diversity. You want to support diverse characters. But who polices, like, when can we sit up and say, okay, like, are there any? And I honestly, I don't, I don't care what, what comics she's put on. <laughs> it's just, but can we just have one or two? So I also think that a lot of it is um, what are we, what's going to sell and what's going to hit that 18 to 34, you know, guy market. When it comes to quote, and I'm saying mainstream, and let's let's break it down to what it is. When I say mainstream, I'm saying DC and Marvel. The level below that, I would say, is Valiant, um, Image, uh, IDW. Um, maybe Top Cow would be in there, and and um, I don't know who else. Regime, would you put on that same tier? Uh, for for Indies, you said IDW, uh, Blue Water, yeah. Blue Water still out, Oni Prize, Oni Prize, um, um, Dynamite, Action Lab, Dynamite, right? And then mm-hmm. below that would be the true Indies, the people that are like trying to get that Kickstarter going to get their stuff out because they have they're going from web web comic to print, or they're going from mm-hmm. digital to print on demand. Um, so it's really it's. It's really also about, and this is the thing, sometimes I wonder if it's necessary. And it's going to sound crazy. But at the end of the day, Marvel and DC honestly don't have to care. Because you're, the, when Spider-Man comes out, they're going to make their money. When Black Panther comes out, they're going to make their money. They really don't, they don't have to care. Like I said, the work that they've done so far isn't bad. We're just asking, hey, can you do a little bit better? There's so much work in the indie comic world. I actually have to thank you guys for putting me on some Monster because now I'm addicted. Marjorie Lou's work is ridiculous. It's that book is awesome. <laughs> oh, Monster! Um, oh yeah, and you guys yeah. totally know Monstrous is out. The graphic, the first graphic novel 
is, yeah. uh, sorry, this first week. paperback collection. Yes, thank you. I remember words sometimes. Yes, that is out Wednesday. <laughs> Thank yes, you. the TPB is out. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm yes, getting my hands on that. And there's, you know, there's the, there's other indie work that is is coming out. And Regine is actually putting out comics. Like when I when people say, uh-huh. do you know any indie publishers that are actually working with black women or women in general, women of color? Regine's one of them. Rosarium Publishing is another one. There's like all these other, and they've been around for. I mean, I would say Regine's been around longer than Rosarium, but there's, there's, they are there, and I think with this new thing called the internet, <laughs> you can find them. Um, that's why I find it so hard mm-hmm. to believe when people go, "Oh, well, there's nobody there." Now I do think that there's a lot of artists that might not be prepared. What do you think, Regine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean just I mean just in terms of I mean just in terms of the business. I mean the business is is like any other business. It has ups and downs. It has you know, it has its good days and and it's and it's bad days. And you have to be ready to to go full steam ahead. You can be optimistic, absolutely, but you have to have your eyes open and it's very important that you do your research. Uh, before you before you enter enter it and make a con- concrete decision to be a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one you know one thing that Brett and I were just chatting about this before before you guys got on. Um, you know, Marvel just made another round of announcements about what the new Marvel Now books will be. Yeah, um, we saw we saw it. we saw what we were talking about a little uh, earlier. I was like, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just have to. I have to read. I have just to have to read a quote from Terrence Sage, who's a awesome young black comic critic. Says Marvel really went around the room and said, "Yes, people absolutely need more Bullseye, Kingpin, Full Killer, Slapstick, and Solo." And you know, when you look at the promotional images that you got from Marvel coming out. It, it was like 50% random white dudes with guns. And then the other 50% were characters of color that like fans have a real hunger for. Like people love Ms. Marvel. People love America Chavez, Ms. America. Um, people love Jessica Jones, who is going to finally be getting her own book. Um, yeah. And I, I, when maybe you bring this up was that you guys mentioned like, you know, when Spider-Man comes out, Marvel's going to just be like, yeah, well we have Spider-Man coming out. We don't need you. But Marvel is in the process of trying out new and different things. And, you know, it even has, like, you know, David F. Walker doing outstanding comics for them starring black superheroes. Um, yes, absolutely. Him and Sanford are doing an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, Sanford Green's art is awesome as well, for real. And, like, and Ramon Villalobos, you know, is Latino, who's doing art on, Night, on, like, Nighthawk. Like, they have their own awesome wing of making culturally significant, funny, well-executed, sharp comics. But, like, mm-hmm. Marvel now has this opportunity to come up with new ideas and do new things, and they're spending over 50% of it giving us, like, white men who failed already. I mean, Brett, like, yeah, I know. you're commenting that, like, a lot of these are just... It's the 90s. Characters it's the, the 90s redone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. Avengers, I was saying earlier, is, like, really? <laughs> I'm just looking... It's literally, like, the rehashing... Um, of a lot of the same stuff. Over and I like Al Ewing. Al Ewing is a good writer, and like Al Ewing actually yeah. cares about representation. But it's also, again, he's a British white dude writer. Um, suddenly, Bobby, 
who is the head of, and I like that it's like a Brazilian immigrant is the head of the Go America team, but Bobby is suddenly being drawn as very light skinned. And like, yeah, I like work with tons of like Brazilian people of all different skin colors, but, but, but Bobby had been one of the few dark skinned Brazilian characters in comics. And now that he's a higher profile right. character, they're giving him light skin. And yeah. it's just very strange to me. They, they avail you Bankston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's easier to get a white guy to play him in the eventual movie. Exactly. Yeah. Then they don't have to. They'll be like, oh, he's from Spain. We're like, no, that's not the same thing. But anyway, yeah. So it's. But I did like. I did like. I did like how the um, Hellcat kind of looked. Or at least the cover art. I liked what Brittany Williams did with that. Oh, she's Um, so good. Yeah, I just there's a couple things that make me get what made me go huh, and one of them was I mean Black Panther that makes sense Black Panther's continuing the series kind of has to go with like his writing I like what he's doing I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting that we're not using Brian Selfridge anymore but um, Marguerite um, Savage did the cover I think that we saw for the promo um, I the Hulk awesome hang on a second. Totally, yeah, it is. Yeah, totally. Greg Pox, totally awesome Hulk. It, it's like all Asian and Southeast Asian. I just, I just, I don't want it to be this blatant. I just want everybody to be in everybody's books and it just be an interesting mm-hmm. story. I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, I don't, I don't want to judge. Literally, I don't want to judge the books by their cover. But I'm not seeing really anybody new. The Deadpool one. Could be interesting because it looks like they're borrowing from a little bit of the snark from the movie. Because um, I think I'm seeing uh, Negasonic on a teenage warhead on the cover, and and a few other interesting characters. So I look forward to seeing. But yeah, I did the same thing. I was like, how? Okay. <laughs> and you know, uh, conversely, I just saw the announcement that DC Comics is a new Vigilante series coming out that. Mm-hmm. Um, as African American novelist doing the writing, I think it's his first comic, but he's a very experienced writer. No, nope. and the artist he, is a woman. Gonna, I don't know her background. Novel. Oh, oh, cool. I'm sorry. And the art. He he did a uh, graphic novel for the Vertigo Crime, the Cowboys, that came out oh, in right. uh, oh quite a while. Vertigo Crime, really good, underrated. Yeah, People it's, been a, it out. it's been a while ago. Yeah. And the artist okay. name that's similar to my first name, which is nice, but also is female. Don't know her racial background. The art looks good, like really good. And yeah, Vigilante is a great, he's like a character who was in their back stock. The only people who remember him is because if you look at the collected works of Alan Moore that were put together from DC Comics, there's a Vigilante story in it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so like they're going to be doing a, what sounds like an interesting story, you know, with like diversity in the creative team coming up. It does, and honestly, this is this is something that I wish Marvel would do. I wish they would kind of go into the backstop, give Echo her own book, <laughs> give uh, you know, give some of these other characters. I did hear actually, well, no, actually, it's going to Netflix. I was just thinking of um, Cloak and Dagger, but I, I, that's that's if you can't create somebody brand new, do this. Reach back into one you know, characters that you you might have killed off in another universe. Um, and bring them back. Bring them, or let let them be rebooted. I mean I don't 
I don't know why that's so difficult, but I guess what it is when you when you're dealing with a company and shareholders and stock, you know, and and basically uh, franchising things, you want to go with what works. And so, if all of these books that have been on the shelf have been working, there's like the Avengers. Uh, I don't think Marvel wants to really let go of those much. I, you know, I I wish like we were having a moment where the car where the publishers were competing over who could be more inclusive in their like <laughs> who they're hiring. I just people seem to be more like they want to, they're more willing to go with the same old boys doing diverse characters than they are for having even proven diverse talent working on them right now. In my in my opinion, um, but I I am so hardened by like like. Shoot, like I wasn't even keen to this until just recently, but like, uh, what is it? Um, Ngozi Okazu has like a web comic called Ngozi yes. Tech Please. That's like the biggest thing on Tumblr. Like she is her own mm-hmm. machine of like content producing, like m- you know, madness for like an audience that is probably not the normal comics reading audience. Um, like I haven't heard any of my comics friends talk about it. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, like, you know, I think that there are other, you know, obviously Iron Spike doing her, doing all of her, like, amazing, like, you know, like, sex-positive comics. I, I don't want to try mm-hmm. to say that, like, everybody needs to be doing things in the mainstream. They don't. But the reality is, like, the things that are going to be the most likely gateway comics for new readers that will be accessible to kids, that kids will have on their walls, are going to be primarily characters that are being made for Disney and Warner Brothers, and that I that intellectual property is the stuff that is going to end up, you know, with kids. Not it's not going to be the the indie work, which is incredibly important artistically and culturally. But I, I do think we still have to care about getting you know diverse staff making comics at the big two. For the sake of I our think children, it, I think it. I think for the sake of our children, yes. I mean, honestly, it is important, but as I mentioned in the post, I'm not holding my breath. But sometimes because there's just so much really good indie stuff. And, 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 Regine, you could speak to this, but I mean, it's tough to get yourself in these doors, and then you're going to have to work for a few years on somebody else's stuff before you do yours. Like, that can be disheartening for an artist when you can have this type of following on Tumblr and then basically ask them to all support you on Patreon and, hey, look, I'm making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I, I think she, had, she kickstarted. I know she did her Kickstarter, like, overfunded. So I think, um, um, I think the comic... Uh, I think Check Please is going. I don't remember what it what it got. Yeah, it quadrupled their fifteen thousand dollar goal. That's how popular she is. So somebody like can go wow. and be like, um, why do I go to Marvel? Why do I need to be there? Like she keeps well, making this... her animated animated series at this point. But huh. there's there's even the bigger of the. Um with uh Brian K. Vaughn's where he, what he did with Private Eye, he admitted that he made more money from that and it was pay what you want mm-hmm. than he would ever get mm-hmm. from comics. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think creators need the big two anymore if they are willing to put in the work and 
and put out good product and, and connect with people online. And like, there's so many other avenues and, uh, and distribution models and revenue models that, you know, at this point, you just don't need them. Right. I think as long as you have a strong, a strong fan base um, to carry you, I mean, that absolutely can work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Power of the internet. Um, so, and I know that there's yeah, exactly. a number of big anthologies that are coming out. Like right now, in the midst of all this conversation, um, the Elements Anthology, which is, I believe, a yeah. black women science fiction comic anthology, is getting its fundraiser for its uh, Kickstarter is blowing up really big. Um, yeah, I support that. An- it looks really, really good. And it's it's by um, Nini, who's also on um, Nika, sorry, Nika Neeks, otherwise known as uh, Nika Stuck who's on my own list as well. Um, huh. And, yeah, it looks really, really exciting. Yeah, she's very hardworking. Um, Tanika is, like, absolutely amazing. I know this is not her first foray in kickstarting projects. Um, she's had a, a several other um, successful ones, and she's an amazing writer. And that Kickstarter is still going on. People really need to go out and support uh, Nika, and you can follow her on Twitter at Nika Neeks. And also, it's not just um, um, black women. It's women of color. So there's all oh, kinds okay. of... Yes, yeah, yes. There's, there's Asian, there's cool. um, Latin American, there's, yeah. So, um, and, and that's one of the things. It's like, the, the question then remains, like, because uh, I think what's going to happen is if all this stuff, you know, isn't successful, they're just kind of going to go back to what they were doing before and then say... You know, we have black fans, so that's all we need. <laughs> yeah. And I know it sounds cynical, but, but I'm just like, yeah. I'm I'm tired of, like, trying to wait for somebody else to make these stories when all these other people are making them. But here's the question, and maybe one of you have, uh, you know, an answer to it is, clearly there is a huge gap out there. Why hasn't any other publisher purposely gone and to fill that gap to, to capture that audience like clearly it's there and clearly they're rabbing they're waiting for something you know where is that publisher to you know a a major publisher i'm not talking the indies that are kind of trying to fill the gap but like why hasn't dc gone hardcore image or idw or or dynamite right or one of the publishers that's owned by like a book publisher right because we always forget about like the publishers that are actually like first second yeah. Right, it's owned by like a major publishing house that does novels and like whatever, you know. Well, I think one why of the reasons have... why is because um, <laughs> we as people of color have been, are very open to all types of projects in general. So we've, we, our dollars have been going to the projects that they've always published. I mean, my father was a World War II veteran, and he bought, you know, action comics and detective comics, you know, Superman and all that stuff. You know, it, so our fandom has has gone gone back for, for decades. So the thought process is, was like, well, they're buying this stuff already. Why do we need to do this extra stuff? 
because we're already getting that money. And the people that are, and it's probably, I'm just assuming here, that the assumption possibly is, well, you know, the people that are asking for all this diversity, well, they're just a, a few a few naysayers. It's just, a, it's, just a, it's, it's not a whole bunch of them. It's, it's, a, it's just whatever. So we're going to, you know, get have a few characters here and there, but we're not, you know, lacking any money. We're not lacking any funds because these people are still buying the work. So yeah. in essence, it's just it just it's just um, taking advantage of your of your audience essentially, and um, assuming that they're always going to be there. So not only taking advantage, I mean, taking us us for granted. So when we ask for something, they start looking at us sideways, like, "Well, wait a second, you've been buying this the whole whole time, and you know what? You're probably going to keep buying it. You're going to complain a little bit, but you'll still buy it. You, we're still going to have your money." So again, in that sense, it's just taking taking us for granted as an audience and taking our dollar for granted as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate to say it. If I was a big company, I would do the same thing. Like, if you're going to pay me anyways, <laughs> why, why should I work? Business. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, a lot of it is business. You know, right. I'm going to get the money anyways. So how do I have to work? But, but what they're not, but they're not accounting for. I mean, Brett, we've spoken about. There's not accounting for the yeah, money they're yeah, not no, getting by not doing it. Especially when we're showing right. how big this audience is that's not yeah. being served because they're only getting other stuff. Or, like, my coworkers, like, I, I, I'm telling you, like, when I, I – I'm sorry. I work for an organization where, like, the vast majority of my coworkers are Latina. Um, mm-hmm. I would pull out, like, a big stack of comics, and, like, it looks like it's just a chunk of white people. Like, it will not scan to them as being, like, why would I even be interested? They're not traditionally comics readers. If I'm telling mm-hmm. people, like, dude, this is actually doing something about stories that you care about, and, like, look at this writer. She's, like, someone from the community. Like, People definitely more interested. That's just a fact, like from my conversations with people. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Then again, I've I've pointed out that there's what 42 million people in the U.S. interested in comics. Yet, comics barely break 100,000. I just did the numbers, and there's about 240 million worldwide. And again, comics barely break 100,000. But there's but see, here's the thing. I Diamond. Diamond won't release the real numbers. Like, we don't know right. really the digital numbers. That's the thing that's yes. so frustrating. And then you also have, like, if every comic actually sold in every single one of those stores. And, you know, it's just, it's all enough. That's why I don't try to cover that horse race. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, you guys do a great job of, um, I, I check that column quite often, the, the column that you guys have about the numbers every month and the breakdown. And, I mean, you guys have more, gender you guys have more information. Yeah, the gender trending. And it's very, very interesting to watch. I mean, they know there's money there. They know what's popular. But the, the question that always, you know, I think a lot of the um, – it's a lot of the stuff coming out of the big two now, it's all about the movie. So how can every anything and everything between TV and DC's gotten on the bandwagon now with Flash and Supergirl and all the things? Um, mm-hmm. How can every everything be a tie-in? So we're gonna, I think, gonna keep seeing this trend of the same characters being recycled over and over and over and over again and repainted and whatever, because that's what's making the money. Well, do we think that the fact that Sam Wilson is Captain America? And that Anthony Mackie is like amazing, and everybody loves him as Falcon. Means that when eventually uh, Christopher Evans decides he wants to move on from being Cap, that we'll have Falcon as Cap in the movies. Like, could that be a possible collateral benefit? 
I highly doubt it. I think the concept of Steve Rogers is, is too iconic. They didn't even let him have it that long in the comic book before they gave Steve his powers back. And even when mm-hmm. they did it before, because this is not the first time he's been capped in, in, the, in the Marvel Universe. I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to... And I'm not saying it's horrible, but I was saying that about the fact someone was asking me, well, why did Rhodey have to take the ball in the movie and not um, Falcon? I said, <laughs> I said, because of following the comics. Um, yeah. And so it's, well, it's about popularity and, you know, and again, those tie-ins. I, I'm not saying it's not far off, but if he does become Captain America, it will be for an event. And I will. I'm almost guaranteeing you it will only be one movie. Here, actually, so this is a question, uh, and this is really we haven't talked about it yet. I don't think. Um, so they announced Riri is the new Iron Man, and then mm-hmm. they've also now announced that there's what infamous Iron Man that that's going to have you know Victor Von Doom probably oh. is, is the Iron, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. The question, you know, they have to have two. Like it's not that yeah, she can't again, stand on her own. They have to have two. And we, we're seeing that no, in you know, some before. of the other announcements. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's two Hulks. Okay, Banner is depowered for now. But Steve was depowered while when Falcon took over. And now he's back. Yeah. They killed off, they yeah. killed off Peter Parker for Miles. And now he's back. So what but I think the, they're like, trying to do. Go ahead. But with, with those examples, the, like, the least, you know, at least. Um, Sam Wilson had his moment in the spotlight, and Amadeus Show has his moment in the spotlight, and eventually they brought mm-hmm. him back. But like with yeah. this one, they didn't even give her a chance to be in the spotlight. It's like, no, nah, fuck you. You're getting a, a companion series to to also deal with this. Exactly. You know. And so meanwhile, like all my friends who aren't who like my friends who like superhero movies but don't read comics, they're you know marginal to geek culture, or whatever. We're all saying like, wow, did you hear? There's going to be a black girl as Iron Man. So, like, they get to they doing these things does get people interested. Like, oh, absolutely. And they, you know? Absolutely. Like, they know what they're doing because the, basically a lot, the majority of the people that are watching these quote-unquote comic book movies and comic book-based TV shows are not longtime comic book readers. And this is something I've also brought up to people who are at trying to sell their work at cons. I think you've got to... You've got to start accessing these people that are just coming to these cons for the first or second time that don't know the backstories mm. of all these characters. You've got there's all these new people, these new fans that are like, oh my god, the Flash! I have to do all the things because it's the Flash, and I'm going to go all the cons now because I, you know, and there's people that don't know that a lot of these things are rebooted. They don't know the old histories of these characters. They don't know any of this. And it's so and, and if you're looking at like a kid's market, Marvel is very smart. They wanna make some money and they can get this I've seen this Iron Man cover on sites and in and, and and heard it in podcasts that I would never have thought of them talk about comic books. Something mm-hmm. because of that image. So, it, it, so, so it, then the point for that would be then these things work, right? Like, wouldn't the point of this be that, yes, diverse characters work and will make you money because people pay attention to it when it happens? I mean, yes. Well, diverse exactly. characters no, 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 do... Diverse characters Hello? do work. You had, you had Fox, uh, Fox Television 
admit that the reason they're going with more diversity is because they're seeing better ratings and getting more money for everything. And that's Fox. Like if Fox admits yeah. diversity gets more money, then like <laughs> argument's over. Like that's the lowest of the low admitting that of something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean they know they know in terms of their their episodic programming anyway. I'm going to leave the news alone. Yeah. And I'm going to ignore the fact that they got rid of Abby on Sleepy Hollow. But yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, they're bringing out Pitch this year. Pitch will be the big one. That Pitch was insane. The new, you know. Like you, yeah. It was in, yeah. I can't. I can't go there right now. Not without drinking. <laughs> <laughs> So funny side story, when I was working on the Hill, um, I had a Fox News reporter come up to me and say, hey, can I borrow some paper? And or she's some reporter came up and said, hey, can I borrow some paper? And I was like, yeah, you you just need a couple of sheets. And they're like, yeah, I just need sheets to take notes. I was like, oh, who are you for? And she goes, the local Fox station. And I paused and she goes, no, 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 we hate the national. Like, we're the good ones. We're we're good. (laughs) We don't like those other ones. It is very true. Oh, my God. Poor thing. She probably has had to say that so many times. Poor thing. Yep. 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 They're like, we just cover local news. We're not part of the Rupert Murdoch hate machine. Ah, don't hit me. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, Please don't hit me. But, yeah. Well, you know, I want to make sure we give you guys a chance to talk about, like, you know, I know when the Blurred Girl was on the show, we got an amazing rate re- first time <laughs> Karama was on the show. <laughs> we got a great reading list of comics that we should be checking out that we hadn't necessarily known about yet and I want to make sure we get Regine to tell us and obviously you're welcome to tell us more as well Karama uh, like <laughs> what are people supposed to be reading that we're not reading and like what or who like what are your favorite because these lists you gave are really comprehensive and awesome but if you had to tell me like what are like the top three just based on quality and like what you think is cool about them like pitch us like what should we be reading that we don't already know about you mean in terms of the list list that I put up on the blog? Mm-hmm. Your list, and then I, Regine, like, uh, Regine, you have like a billion members of your, of your, like, essentially, like it's a worker organization, you know, an organization of, of artists and writers, so I know I don't, it's like hard to, to pick favorites when it, you're doing that. It, but. it really is, it's like, you know, it's, it's so hard, it's so hard, it's like picking your favorite, <laughs> if you're a parent, it's like picking your favorite child, and it's like, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, um, then you so, better yet. Awesome. No, but I'll give you a list. Like. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Like maybe I, yeah, I know what you like. So I'm this. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Afrocentric is absolutely fabulous series. If you like, mm-hmm. if you like political satire with truth, if you like the Boondocks, um, and that's by uh, Jewel Smith. It's like the, she describes it as a female version of the Boondocks. So, and uh, and it's, it's absolutely hilarious, but it gives you something to think about. It gives you a moment for yeah. pause, like, wait a second, she's trying to educate me. Uh, <laughs> so, she's, so, I, so I love Afrocentric. Um, and, again, that's um, Jewel Smith. Uh, also, uh, Micheline Hess, who does um, Malice in Otherland. Um, and she also has actually a few a few other books as well. But uh, her most popular series, and it's a series that comes out of Rosarium um, Publishing, is Mouse in Everland. And you just see this wonderful, cute little girl named Lily diving into this world that's in her oven. And I'm a, I'm a foodie. I'm a I'm a culinarian by trade. So for me, that was light up my alley. And uh, Micheline has a great sense of humor, and she also she also writes children well. 
which is mm-hmm. another awesome aspect of uh, Michelin. And if you're interested in getting an all-ages book um, for your kid. Um, um, we had mentioned Aletha earlier. Um, Aletha's um, um, uh, work for her for her company, Ariat Storm, um, is absolutely fabulous. It's a particular, um, like, uh, illustrated novel series called Foreign, which is this this fantastic story, this space opera, um, and I can't even describe it. That's how fabulous it is because it's just so out of the box. And she has um, volumes mm. one through one through three out right now. And it's a book that she's continuously working on along with um, all of her mainstream work. So definitely check out Foreign and Cop That. Um, mm-hmm. What else is out there? Um, Candy Brones, uh, she's not on my list, but she, she has um, El, Gato, El Gato Taco. <laughs> what is that? It is a cool series. See, I can just keep Taco, going. Taco El Gato. Taco El Gato. Yes, thank you, honey. Thank you. <laughs> I, I got the Gato and Taco mixed up. Thank you. Uh, oh, is, that the one, is that published by Rosarium? Or Rosarium? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. It's coming out. It's actually the first. It was a webcomic, but the, the, the new comic drops next month. Hmm. At like the first week of August, it's basically like he's a cat who's been raised by his dog. Yeah. In <laughs> in a city in a city called Far Out, occasionally they break into songs, and he's uh, he's totally addicted to lava lamps. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really good stoner comic. It is. It's awesome. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's totally totally fun. So I mean, there's like there are a lot of awesome books out there. So that's just like the 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 cream of the crop. But then I have a huge other crop elsewhere. So that's uh, if you want to pick up some books, definitely check out Jules Smith, Pathocentric. Um, again, check out Candy Brones, um, Alisa E. Martinez, Micheline Hess. Um, so those are a few of the many. Oh, the many, many. Yeah, she like took all of mine. I don't. <laughs> um, no pressure. <laughs> I know, but she took all of mine. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Um, okay, I will. I've been really into web comics a lot lately, but okay, I'm gonna name actually some comics that have. People of color as the um, protagonist. It's interesting. I have been kind of fascinated by Rivers of London out of Titan. Um, hmm. I had not read it before, and I picked up a copy during um, Free Comic Book Day, and now I'm, I'm not like I'm trying to find all of it. Um, I, I'm sure when I was on here before, I talked about Concrete Park and Erica Alexander and Tony Perrier's mm-hmm. book. I know I did. Um, I know I've probably talked about um, Amanda Senberg and Ashley Woods Niobe at a Stranger Comics. Um, mm-hmm. There's another version that's out, so you definitely have to get your hands on that. Uh, there's another Day Black coming out, Keith Frost. I know I brought him up before. That's the uh, tattoo artist, right? Yes, the Day Walking Tattoo Artist Vampire that basically takes blood from his victims by he reverse engineered his tattoo gun 
So every time he does a tattoo, the blood that's coming off your skin goes back into the gun, and that's all he drinks. So he doesn't have to kill – all this stuff to kill people, but sometimes it's just necessary. Um, Jill Smith, you already talked about her. Oh, God. She took all my good ones. Um, <laughs> the um, – and then I'm actually catching up on a lot – oh, you know what we didn't bring up? We were actually just on a um, uh, great podcast. Um other than yours, but it, it's just as fantastic. But um, okay. <laughs> we have Gamer Girl, Game, Gamer Girl, and Vixen. Yes, um, yes. Um, and that's uh, basically Kristen McDowell and Sean Mills, and it's illustrated by Gemma Moody, and um, it's a fun comic. Um, What's it called again? Gamer Girl and Vixen. And you can actually, I think if you go to, yeah, you can Google it and it'll come up, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I just found it on actually, Twitter, no, so just go to Ga- search. Yeah, yeah, gamergirlandvixen.com. Um, and it's actually a um, a lesbian couple who's who's a um, superhero team. But it's adorable. I, I like the way um, Gemma draws. I like it. So it's... Hmm. And then everything else, I'm literally, like, <clears throat> catching up. I'm catching up on the rest of my run of kill. I'm catching up on my um, – I'm catching up on uh, my Bitch Planet. I'm catching up because I'm a huge Bitch Planet fan. Um, and, and Monstrous. Like, I'm going to get that TPB. Monstrous. So I, oh, my God. I, yeah. Monstrous is so gorgeous, I can't even – and Wicked and Devon I had to put down. It's not that I had to put down because they keep hurting my feelings. So <laughs> – I'm gonna come back to them. I can't do it anymore. I can't emotionally take the take what they're putting me through. Um, but yeah, and then like I said, a lot of the the web comics are still um, reading. Um, um, Bounce and um, Nyla Magruder's one, and um, um, oh god, do you remember what Nyla Magruder's um, web comic called? It's bothering me. I always go to the site and I can't remember the name of it. Whoops, did we lose Regine? Yeah, I'm here. Do you yeah, remember? I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. Nope, still there. Um, her, doesn't Nana Magruder have a new webcomic? Is it still? Because um, I'm basically going back and looking at people's stuff. So I know I was reading We Don't Go There at Night for a minute, um, and that's Nana Magruder's one. Um, but the rest, I mean, literally, I'm just playing catch up on a lot of these the all new, all different, all crazy. <laughs> But I did want to also point out that um, th- that Rosarium actually has a few more things coming out that I find very interesting. I got to see previews of, um, but there there are uh, this comic book I'm about to mention is already in Comicology, but the next version is I just got the preview for it. It's very interesting. It's called Little Red Fish, um, and it's actually I've been reading that. By, yes, isn't it interesting? Basically. Um, it's by Bisan Kotabanda and James Moffat, and it's basically the anthropomorphic retelling of the Iranian Revolution through um, basically the eyes of the fish. So basically the war is between the fish that are of this reef and the pelicans um, and other predators, and how this fish has this one fish rise to be sort of a, a leader um, of the, the school for all intents and purposes, and it's not written. When you think fish, don't think Dora. 
because Busan Kotobanda doesn't draw like that. He draws okay. very, um, every panel is like artwork. It's like a beautiful piece of art. It really is. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, what do you think? I love it. I, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the, I need to go back and really go through again about the Iranian Revolution to see how, like, what every what everything matches up to and, like, how the mm-hmm. allegory works. But it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Like, the, the art is alone is worth it. And then, it's, I mean, so far it's a beautiful story. I think there's four issues that I've read. Um, yeah, and the fifth one comes out next. The fifth one's coming out next month, I believe. And I, it's, it's, it's yeah. beautifully done. And it, I don't want to – I'm trying to think, like, what artist Bissam's work looks like. I, I can't think of anybody. And that's the, that's the thing that makes me so excited about um, indie comics a lot of times is a lot of these artists' works are so unique and so gorgeous. And, I, like, I don't know if Bissam's work would ever work in the world of Marvel. I don't want it to, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, and then um, you already mentioned um, Paco Elgato, which is, it's basically an ode to, like, Looney Tunes comics, but hmm. from, a Latin, from a Latin girl's perspective, it's hilariously goofy. They, he's, one of them stays high. I can't remember which character right now, but it's just funny. <laughs> it's really, really funny. That's pretty cool. And he has all these really weird hang-ups because he was raised by dogs. <laughs> oh, that is alienating, I'm sure. It's like, why, why do they smell so bad? And I smell so inoffensive. I guess he would reverse those terms because he would think smelling bad would be good, regardless. <laughs> right, but the, the, the whole litter box thing, the whole concept, all of that, just why? What is that? I don't understand. Like... <laughs> So yeah, it's, and there's so many. Um, I I think a lot of the things, and what, when anybody asks me, um, like, what should I be reading, I just try and give them company names, and just let them pick, because um, I think there is a thirst out there to see what else is available, what is around. Like, I'll give them regime company. I'll tell them like, check out Lock It Down. Check out um, actually. Since we're here, Regine, is there another eating vampire coming out? Because I need the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm is... in the middle of changing artists right now. I have to change artists, so I'm supposed to get back on production early fall. Can you tell so, me about the yes. book? We did speak about it. So yeah. we, we, we spoke about the book when when Bird Girl was on before. But for anybody who missed it, mm-hmm. do you mind telling them about the book? Oh, yeah. So I have a series called Eating Vampires, and it's about a young girl, Evelyn. Um, she's the last of her people, and she's only cure of the cure for a vampire virus outbreak. And the first story arc is basically about her vampire eater uh, guardian who is protecting her um, while they're being chased by some very, very bad people. So I'm looking forward to getting delving into it more. Um, I am also working on an illustrated novel for it. So that actually hmm. may be out before issue two. So that might quench your thirst a little bit for, for in the intro as everyone else is waiting for issue two. Yeah. Awesome. But it, it, is, it, it, was, it was done really, really well. And, oh, before I forget, there is one 
um, other webcomic that I'm completely addicted to right now, and that's Agents of the Realm by Mildred Lewis. Oh, yeah. And yes. And the work, the work is, I actually have one image that's in my post, but the work is, uh, she's drawing it and writing it, and she's doing both insanely well. That's um, a really popular comic. And it's so beautifully done. And she had a really successful Kickstarter, so I can't wait for the book, because the book is going to be awesome. It really feels like there's a whole parallel world of, like, things that are huge on Tumblr that are, like, legitimately mm-hmm. huge. Like, these numbers would be good readership numbers for any indie publisher, like, big indie publisher. Um, but that's exactly. not in I the think, Tumblr I think community. The, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know about it. And honestly, I, I, I think also a lot of indie artists don't know how to track their numbers. They, they're not yes. putting an, Google Analytics on their Tumblrs. Um, and they're not putting, you know, they're not using... Um, Basically, analytics, uh, uh, and actually, Tumblr's analytics aren't bad, but if you smack a Google analytic code on there, you'll really be able to really watch the trends really well. Um, hmm. And if, if they did that, I think they would be able, like, if they could literally quantify, look, this is what I made by myself. This is what I was able to do with just the webcomic doing this, 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 and this. This is my followers. This is my subscriber numbers. These are my Twitter followers. This is my Facebook numbers. This is how much money I'm making on Patreon. If they would just tabulate that stuff into like a document and be able to actually report that, then they would be able to see. Because quite honestly, there's a lot of people who don't take web comics seriously because it's just like it's not the same. It's free. Of course, you're gonna have a lot of followers. But they don't realize that a lot of these people have Patreons where people are actually supporting them. Mm-hmm. And even consuming free media is still it's a it's, it's a serious time consideration, you know. Like yeah, it's free, you and it's free Amazon. And there's things that I would absolutely rather spend money on than get for free for convenience's sake. You know, I get really far behind on web comics. I would rather give you money to just have it. I mean. And not a full <laughs> You know what I mean? So. <laughs> well, I think the cool thing about webcomics is um, that they're usually always up. The worst case scenario, if you're, if you're, you know, if you do have uh, web access and you're in an airport or something, you can, <laughs> on your phone, you can watch them all. And I, I also watch, read a lot of them on things like Taptastic. Um and the other thing I was mm. also going, the other thing that I was going to say is a lot of things like that, like Taptastic and other web-related um, Blue Toad, a lot of app-based comics, that in, like, Asia is how everybody get, reads their comics. Um, some of the apps are paid and some of them aren't, and but they're all basically direct to apps. So you're, they're actually not necessarily going to Tumblr. They're go, you're going, you're going straight to your phone. You just turn your phone on and read the comic, or your iPad, or whatever. And I honestly think that we're going. That's the direction that we're moving in, and that that's if indie artists really um, can bridge that kind of gap, they can. If you can have those Tumblr numbers through an app, and if the app, if you own that app, and that app is whatever, let's say it's a subscription-based thing like Patreon, two ninety nine a month or something like that, or it's free with in-app purchases like everything else. 
and a, and a uh-huh. comic is like a, a dollar a comic. You can make money. And that's yeah. how a lot of stuff is being sold in, in, um, in Europe and Asia. And they're just they're they're taking everything. They take Bitcoin, they take Patreon, I mean they take I'm sorry, PayPal, they take all kinds of stuff. So it's a very, very interesting I honestly think that it's a very, very interesting time because there's so many options and there's so many things that you could be doing. But everybody keeps looking over here <laughs> at the big two and this whole wide expanse of audience and things and people that you could be accessing. Um because there's, there's people that are reading comics now completely digitally. They've never set foot in a comic book store. And Diamond doesn't count those numbers. I'm convinced. That's crazy. That's so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. They don't want to know. <laughs> I'm don't well, get me on the rant of what they don't want to know. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, remember when it was like, oh, digital comics are going to be the death of print and it's going to be awful, yeah. it's going to be terrible and then it's like, yeah, but we're still here like the internet was going to be the death of paper Yeah <laughs> like, And there was going to be, yep, absolutely And after the year I'm, 2000, the world was going to explode I'm baffled how publishers are okay with not knowing the sell-through of, of their print comics Like, if I was a publisher, yeah. I'd be going insane, not knowing that information yeah, it, it doesn't. I don't. I don't get it. But I think everybody, everybody, no matter who you are, agrees that that the diamond model is broken. Oh, I've written a That's whole bunch of times that it's broken. Yeah, yeah that this is a topic. Don't even. To, we could do an entire show on that. Don't know what we're talking about. Exactly. This, this, is, the, this is the way they measure comic book sales um, through the distribution company. So this is like, this is how the sausage of the industry gets made. And it's things that I don't want to have to know about, but if you care about <laughs> diversity and improving the comics like that we're able to get, it does matter. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, we should probably wrap, and I wanted to give folks an opportunity if you want to let our listeners know where they can find you online to uh, let us know about uh, your websites and, and whatnot and sure, any upcoming um, events folks have. Absolutely. Um, I am the Blur Girl basically everywhere, theblurgirl.com. I'm um, theblurgirl.com, but I'm also on Tumblr. I am on Twitter almost all the time. Um, Instagram, um, I'm also now on Snapchat and soon to be on YouTube. Um, I recorded my first episode uh, last week, and hopefully it will be up in the next couple of days. And I'm so you guys are the, I guess, now the second people to know about that. So hopefully everybody can support that as well. I'll be talking about comics and sci-fi and all kinds of geeky stuff. So tune in, please. I'm, well, I'm on, um, I'm on a whole bunch of stuff, too. Um, okay, I'm on, at Lock It Down on Twitter. Um, also at Women in Comics NY on Twitter. Um, Facebook, Lock It Down Productions. Uh, Women in Comics Collective International on Facebook, um, www.lockitdown.com, um, Women in Comics Collective.org if you want to check out our events, different things that we're doing. Um, we're going to San Diego Comic Con next week. Um, we have um, two, 
two two panel discussions going on through the San Diego Public Library. They wanted their own programming, and we're giving that to them. Um, we also have a comics and cocktails meet and greet as well, and we have a whole bunch of events that are coming up um, during the year, so you can just go to the website, and you can check out um, what's going on. I'm so excited about this, you guys. I'm, I'm really glad you both are willing to come on. I know we put this together uh, last second because it was such like a hot topic to get it, and I really would love to have both of you guys back anytime at all. Um, I just love thank getting you so much. these things. Thank you. And thank yeah. you for letting thank you for letting us write and 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 repost on yes. your site too. Oh thank my you god, for asking so us. It's such a pleasure. You're really oh my god, you are just such good writers. It's such an honor to like be able to have you on our site. So seriously, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, guys. And I mean, honestly, it's and it's like sites like you guys that I really make me happy to do what I'm what I'm doing because you guys are actually showing all these different angles and sides and you know that's that's diversity and and I had somebody actually hit me up on Twitter yesterday it's like I don't know if I agree with your post I'm like yeah but you read it and that's all I'm asking we're not all going to agree we're not all going to agree there's all these different voices and all these different um, concepts and all these different ways of looking at things and that's what diversity is so thank you for um, you know basically giving us this kind of this giving a lot of the artists um, this kind of platform. Well, thanks. Thank you. So, it was a huge point yeah. of the site, so I'm very happy to hear it. For real. <laughs> People love it. So just uh, for folks to know, next week we're going to have the show. It was going to be with Jeremy Whitley, who's one of our favorite mm-hmm. creators. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be joining us to talk about his uh, comics, Princeless and Raven the Pirate Princess and his new stuff that's coming out on Marvel uh, featuring some of our oh, favorite wow. her- heroines like Hawkeye, a.k.a. the good Hawkeye, the girl, um, and okay. America, and all the characters. <laughs> basically, like it's like a wish list, dream list of all of our favorite female characters from Marvel, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to be writing them for uh, uh, an issue where he's... Oh, even more than that. Yeah. The big announcement. For yeah, me? so the big announcement. Oh, no, 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 I'm going. Uh, the big <laughs> announcement that came out is that it came out today. That's not officially supposed to come out until Wednesday. And Jeremy's not talking about it. But uh, he will be doing, uh, where is it? The Unstoppable Wasp with. Oh, he, so that's on this. I, see, I thought I saw his name on the list. Yeah, he's doing unstoppable he's also with um, uh, Elsa Chartier. Yeah, I think that's how you I, say I it. I think that's how you say it. Infinite Loop, which is an oh, awesome Elsa series. Oh, Elsa Chartier! Oh my God! That. Yes, I was. Yeah. I think it's Chartier because she's French and whatnot. Chartier. Wow. Yeah. Again, I butcher last names and names in general, so that's my shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so hopefully we'll. So be, they're going to be doing a book that. about the wasp. Yeah, unstoppable. Wow. I saw that. That's super cool. Yeah. It, it's not so the Danny Rand Misty Night comic we want, but we'll take it. Uh, so Wait, yeah, you'll be here. It's, it's, I would say it's, it's not. What? It's not What's the Danny Rand. It's, it's not the Danny Rand Misty Night comic that we all want, but we'll take it. Yeah, we really yeah. wanted to do a romance comic with those two. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. 